Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to episode 82 of the Retire with Confidence podcast with Nick and Jim. I am Jim Pilot. And Nick Hopwood. Yeah, a little role reversal today. I'm going to do some interviewing uh, of Nick. We we realized earlier uh, this month that Nick celebrated his 20 years in the business. Congratulations. Thank you. It's quite a milestone. Yeah, a lot of gray hair from uh, back <laughs> in the day. We're going to publish a picture from today and then 20 years ago. Yeah. And a collage side by side so you can see the difference. Yeah, it's worthwhile, folks. I would, uh, <laughs> I would make sure you don't miss that. You know, the best part about it, if you look really close mm -hmm. um, on the teeth, yeah. when I was when I was 21, uh -huh. I had braces. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was college. I was in college, right? Right. I got licensed when I was still in school. So I was um, had braces when I was a senior in college and drinking a lot of beer back mm -hmm. then and uh the rubber bands would turn yellow like with the <laughs> yellow like stained and oh, uh, nice. you look really close yeah it's not yellow teeth not that i have the whitest teeth or anything but <laughs> they're not yellow teeth no so, yeah kind of a funny story <laughs> i used to go to the dentist or the orthodontist every week on friday and have them switch out the rubber bands oh yeah i think they <laughs> love that just, yeah. yeah yeah sure <laughs> yeah it's uh creative yep yep <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, we thought it would be a good opportunity to, to reminisce a little bit and, and yeah. talk about what things were like uh, 20 years ago. I, I feel like the business has come miles and miles from where it was then. And, yeah. and maybe this would be a good opportunity to kind of highlight some of those things. Yeah, it's fun to, to think about how things were and how things are now, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything stand out to you is, is biggest area? Maybe uh, technology, I imagine, is something that changed quite a bit. Yeah, my favorite thing about technology was the, the Quotron machine that we used to have back at the old office on Center Street. Okay. So I don't even know if that's what it called, but that's, <laughs> that's what I familiar. call it, yeah. Quotron, you know, like yeah. so. Imagine <laughs> we have a satellite on the roof mm -hmm. and then a special room dedicated to this machine. <laughs> it got its own room, huh? It, yeah, it looks like, it's like its own computer, okay? Yeah. So it looks just like a monitor with a keyboard, but there's a satellite on the roof which connected to this computer and basically it would give you quotes uh, of you know the stock tickers mm -hmm. and the indexes and such hmm. and like some news and uh, you know it was pathetic it was <laughs> there's yeah. like hundreds of dollars a month <laughs> and uh, you know when I started working I said look you know let's use Yahoo and Google and and you use websites and mm -hmm. pay, you know, subscription services to get a streamer on your real computer. So yeah. you don't have to walk, you have to get up from your desk and walk over to another room uh -huh. to get the quote. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that was a funny thing. Yeah. Uh, we don't, you know, we ditched the Quotron machine, right? We <laughs> don't have good. that anymore. Yeah. Um, we used to have to call in to place stock trades or mutual fund trades. We have to call, you know, in you know, the Ameritrade trade desk mm -hmm. or the LPL trade desk. Mm. Even as the, the advisor, huh? Yeah, the advisor, yeah. yeah. So at that time, about 20 years ago, we were really coming online, but the systems were, were bad. Yeah. We could start placing orders online, but a lot of them were still done on the phone. 
mm-hmm. which I think is ridiculous. Now, for a do-it-yourselfer, right, they would have to call in and pay hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars for stock trades. And the costs on those now are free. Yeah, I re- that's what I remember back 20 years ago, picking up the phone, you know, Comerica Discount Brokerage Services or whatever, yeah. and thinking, you know, we were, we were dirt cheap prices paying $50 a trade. Yeah, 50 was pretty good, but you know, uh, that was the, you'd still pay $50 for like a $1,000 order. Yeah. Right? That's 5%. Yeah, it's huge. And so Ameritrade, uh, E-Trade, they came out, you know, $10, $20. Mm-hmm. I, I always remember a commercial, must have been like 1999 or something. There was this guy like, you know, playing with his kid on the lawn. It was an Ameritrade commercial. And he's like, $8 a trade. Man, never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. You know? So I guess eight dollars, and it stayed that way for a long, long time until last year when uh, everyone jumped on the the commission free train. Yeah. Right. So free ETFs, free uh, stock trades. That was a big shift for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about um, as far as workspace? Right. I mean, I mean, back then it was big old desktop, like you said, making phone calls and everything. I mean, now the yeah, the advent of the iPhone. Uh, yeah, and smaller I, technologies. Yeah, I mean, we could run the iPhone. We can run almost the whole business from the iPhone. Yeah, it would be, it would be less optimal, but mm-hmm. it really can do almost everything. Right. So you've got, you know, number one, um, you make your calls. Right. You've got your email. You've got your access to Ameritrade mm-hmm. and other strategic partners that we use, um, and then from a client perspective. Right, they've got the app, right? The advisor client app where they can look at everything in the palm of their hand or the planwithpeak.com um, mobile site where they've got their financial plan in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Right, so those are two things that, from a client facing perspective, mm-hmm. is a huge difference because back then, you know, you were just making phone calls with your cell phone and everyone had a landline still. That was still the main deal. Um, everyone had to have a landline because you had dial-up internet. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So you had to have a, a landline, and you know, I remember when my mom had her cell phone. You know, she it was never on. Mm-hmm. Right. When I needed to reach her as a kid, this is like nineteen early nineties, right? Yeah. Um, I call my mom, and it's always off. Right. Well, she would only turn on her cell phone when she had to make a call from the road. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> like, you used to buy minutes. She yeah. probably only had, you know, oh, man. a couple hundred minutes a month. And... What? So this is like 1998 when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i always like on the edge, on the cutting edge, you know. Uh-huh. Right? So I had a cell phone, that little Sprint PCS StarTac phone. Oh, yeah. That like you kept on your belt and it was like so cool. Yeah. Everyone wanted one. That was, you know. That was and the I, thing, right? Phones went really, they were big, then they went really small, and yeah. now they've gotten big again. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was really small, and it was really cool looking. Everyone wanted one, and they were like 400 bucks back in 1998, and I was working at MDEN, like selling Michigan sweatshirts and stuff, t-shirts, and uh, I didn't need it, you know? Yeah. Because then you had to pay 50 bucks a month for the subscription, and let me tell you this. I had the the minute plan. This is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it was the student minute plan. Mm-hmm. There was no texting. There's no mobile internet. It was just calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like 50 bucks a month and you had 72 minutes. <laughs> 72 <laughs> minutes for a whole month. That's funny. Okay. 
and get this the first incoming call was free the first mm-hmm. the first minute was free mm-hmm. so I had a buddy his name is Nick as well and when you, whenever you called him mm-hmm. he would say hello and, and then he, he I'm sorry he wouldn't even say hello he'd say you got one minute <laughs> because <laughs> save him up yeah because he didn't want to cost himself a minute you know yeah. 72 does not go very far no you can run through that pretty quick and now here we are you know running the whole business on the iPhone if we had to yeah on vacation, you know, I do that a lot. Yeah, it's definitely made uh, being out of the office, we're not out of touch, right? You're right. still in touch even if you're out of the office. Right. You know, one other thing with uh, technology is TVs. You know, we have like five huge TVs in the office here, mm-hmm. and we use it as signage, as well, you know, business news mm-hmm. for presenting yeah, analyses. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, back then, we didn't have any TVs mm-hmm. in the office. And uh, the, to the point that really illustrates this is 9-11. You know, when I was uh, September of 2001, September 11th, I actually was at a seminar because uh, 529 plans were brand new. Mm-hmm. So I was at a seminar like at the Novi Hilton, mm-hmm. it was the Novi Hilton back then, uh, learning about 529s, doing some con- continuing education. And I was driving back and listening to the radio, and everyone was kind of freaking out about the uh, the World Trade Center, you know, smoking mm-hmm. and on fire, and no one knew what happened. And I came into work, went straight to work, and turned on the radio, and w- listened more. Went tried to go online mm-hmm. to like the news outlets like CNN.com, and they didn't exist. They were crashed because everyone. Was trying to go to the news Couldn't website. The volume, huh? Yeah. Every website was down, so I tried it all day. Hmm. You know, the market was closed. There's nothing. There's like nothing to do, mm-hmm. right? But we had to be open, and there is no way for us to get information now with technology today, right? It would be unheard of to have all these websites crash at the same time. But also with these five TVs we've got, mm-hmm. you know, we have TV. That we can watch right right so you know small small thing like that makes a big deal makes a big difference with an event that where you're trying to get information mm-hmm. I remember still driving home and the first time I got the visual of the World Trade Center was at home on once yeah. I turned on the cable news you know and uh, just glued to it yeah that, that much more because you couldn't you were just imagining what it was like yeah it definitely illustrates the point of how much more accessible information is now yeah that's right you know we talked about that a couple of podcasts ago with the market and how quickly everything was moving yeah and it's just information moves the instantly it seems now. sure does yeah uh what about markets how do you think the markets looked uh back 20 years ago as opposed to today well the, the biggest I mean, markets are markets. They're always very similar. There's maybe always a different narrative. But the narrative back then was the, the new economy, right? The dot-com yeah. boom. So companies like that made things, you know, like manufacturing, mm-hmm. other industries like that, no one had any interest in investing in those. It was all about the tech boom and the dot-coms. But we know what happened there, right? Everything fell apart in March of 2000. And we had that bear market, which lasted, you know, until 2000, 2001, 2002, like almost a full three years. And that was basically my first three years of of being licensed. (laughs) Yeah. Technically, 
technically I was licensed in like September of 2000, but I was still in college. Okay. Yeah. So there's like this staggering of for me when my career started because I started as at American Express Financial Advisors, not licensed, but during college in '99. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000, I was licensed. And then in 2001, graduated from Michigan, working full time. Okay. Yeah. A couple so different got, phases. Right. So we just call yeah. it 20 years. You know, right now it sounds good. In the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the internet boom and bust. That's what I remember vividly back then. Yeah. That that was that was an era too where markets moved really quick. Yeah. Right. Where we would see the tech stocks. I mean, dramatic rise day after day after day for a while. Yeah. They were definitely headed for the moon. Yeah. It was exponential. Yeah. And then it was, you know, just like we're seeing with uh, the charts that we're looking at with the virus, right? Ramping mm-hmm. up. And then the expectation with Farr's law is that it ramps back down the same way, kind of like this. Yeah. That's how, that's how those internet stocks were back then. Yeah. I guess that, you know, that type of pattern repeats a lot in history. Yeah, we've seen it for sure. Yeah. Um, the one thing that stands out to me that is, is being, you know, remarkably different, and we talked a little bit about this, but is cost, right? We know trading costs. Yeah, we uh, talked about that. Have, t- have changed, but, um, but... But also rippling throughout the entire industry at every level. Mm-hmm. Fees, costs, commissions. So, uh, you know, back then, you know, you had mutual funds were you know, huge in the mm-hmm. industry. And oftentimes in the advisor world, they were, they had a sales load. So basically mm-hmm. a commission. Right. And even before I started, you know, the commissions were coming down. But now, to fast forward to today, almost no one pays a sales load. You know, it's like almost unheard of, almost taboo. Mm-hmm. And we run into someone like a competitor like that very rarely mm-hmm. that's charging commissions right um so you have commissions going away in favor of advisory fees mm-hmm. right and and when i started we were predominantly advisory fees. the way to go yeah, I, I guess so. You have an interesting viewpoint of seeing both eras, though, right? Where you started in a, a dominated commission business as opposed to now. Do you see that was like advantages? a really big? That was like a really big talking point for us back in those in the early two thousands. Well, we're fee based. Uh huh. <laughs> now, think, yeah, like it's a given, right? You know, but we were ahead of that curve there. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. To be to be fee based back then is uh, you you definitely were ahead of the curve. Yeah. So then also, so you have the sales loads of mutual funds, and then you have the expense ratios of mutual funds, mm-hmm. and those also have come down dramatically. So uh, I want to say that back in the day they were like well over one percent, maybe like one point four percent was an average oh, yeah. mutual fund so. expense. Yeah. And now. I don't know. We use a lot less mutual funds now, but it's probably under one percent. Right. Even looking at no load mutual funds, right? Those those were really common to see those well over one percent. Yeah. And a lot of those have worked their way down some. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so we have the expense ratios, but also I think part of the reason why that's been coming down is because of ETFs. So the exchange traded fund revolution, and my prediction would be that in in a few years, like, you know, ETF assets will be 
will be much bigger than mutual funds. Mm-hmm. And we've shifted our practice dramatically in that favor as well, in favor of ETFs as well, uh, for many cases. Not I'm not say exclusive, but for many cases, we're heavier heavier in ETFs. And one of the nice things about the ETFs is the expense ratios. Yeah, you know some of those. Much better. You know, it's 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 kind of rare to see an expense ratio on an ETF higher than zero point three. Mm-hmm. And as low as like 0.03, right? Right. So you're comparing, you know, 0.1.2 on average, maybe to one percent of a mutual fund, maybe a little less than one percent. It's like ten times more, right? Right. And even against twenty year ago prices, you're talking, you know, 1.4. So I mean, right. it's an yeah, even yeah. more dramatic uh, difference. Exactly. And so, come to think of it, one other huge shift was back then all the mutual funds were actively managed. Mm-hmm. No one cared about the index, and now it's super heavy into the index. Yeah, right. The passive style. So we believe in active and passive, um, but we do it different ways, right? In some cases, we have a passive um, ETF alongside a mutual fund, and in other cases, we use all ETFs with strategist over the top. Mm-hmm. So that's that is adding an active layer to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. You don't have to have an active stock picker to be an active investment. That's right. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, So also, you know, advisory fees, they were higher. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've seen advisory fees over 2% and you're just like, what's going on here? (laughs) And so those have come down as well. Um, And we talked about the stock trading. So those have gone from hundreds of dollars per trade to nothing. Did you used to see... Advisory fees and uh, trading costs on top of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you could have that. You could have an advice layers but the, upon but layers. The cli- so the clients not only paying the advisory fee, they're paying the transaction charge and yeah, everything. Yeah, so. but not a commission. It was a transaction charge. Correct. Yeah. So there'd be let's say an advisory fee of one percent or more, mm-hmm. and then a mutual fund expense of one percent or more, and then transaction charges as well. And these transaction charges would be like fifteen dollars per mm-hmm. trade, okay? But it could add up if you have an active account. Yeah. And right now, right, it's just the way that our business model works. It's like advisory fee and very low expense ratio, mm-hmm. and that's the business model that we want to be in. Right. Tremendous amount of uh, fee compression. It's fee, gotten yeah. much. That's much a great way to put it. Fee yeah. compression. Yeah. It's been been a been a big change for sure. Yep. Uh, what about the industry? What about like, I think of like competitors. Who did you compete with back in the day? Who were the other big names? Yeah, I mean, there'd be names that you all recommend, uh, recognize, but the, the industry was dominated by what we call the wirehouse firms out of New York. And that's changed significantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. So, you know, if you think about this, right, people's career paths, right? They started off at the wirehouse mm-hmm. as an employee working for the mothership in New York. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then after they had success and realized, well, you know, maybe I want to do things a little bit different. If I stay where I am, I can't. If I leave and go independent, I can you know, have my own business and do things my own way. So you leave the wirehouse and you go independent. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of going on this path here. Okay? And I think that gravity is just taking everyone this way. That's yeah. why I'm saying we're going down. So you go from the wirehouse to independent. And then independent is great, but you still have you know, some things that are not optimal, right? Like 
maybe a higher cost of doing business, maybe not access to all the great technologies, mm -hmm. maybe an old platform mm -hmm. with an old way of thinking. Okay. And so people have gone in from independent to RIA, which means registered investment advisor. And that's where we are, reg mm -hmm. registered investment advisor. And in 2015, we made that jump. And the whole theme was more for less, mm -hmm. right? We want more, te we want more technology. We want access to more. Um, we want um, all of that for less cost. Like, here's a great one, okay? Um, back in the day, at, at these wirehouse firms, you'd have a $100 per year IRA fee. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a garbage fee. Right. They're just, you would see those, though, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And where we were, they were like 45, I think. Mm -hmm. And people hate it. And I hate it, too. Right. I mean, it, it's the worst, okay? And so... One way of forward thinking is, is just, why do we have this? And it's a garbage fee, let's eliminate it. So when we chose to leave independent and go RIA, you know, Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade was a great mm -hmm. um, partner. And they, they I, I still feel like it's a honeymoon phase five years later with Ameritrade because yeah. the platform, the fees, the culture, the service, all of that. And so this has been this, you know, gravitational pull to RIA. And so we're not the only ones doing this. And this is the only space in the industry that's growing, you know, yeah. with any meaningful growth. So the culture of the RIA is CFP, you know, Certified Financial Planner, fiduciary, mm -hmm. always acting in your client's best interest ahead of your own, always. And um, did I say planning? No, not yet. Planning, yeah. okay. Planning. You know, um, the planning, the CFP, right? The Certified Financial Planner. I, I feel like, you know, we are the CFP making those invest uh, those recommendations. What to do? Behavioral. Should we should we save this? Should we should we spend? Should we spend, save, pay off? Mm -hmm. You know, how much should we put into the four hundred one? How much should we put against the mortgage? Mm -hmm. Are we saving enough? Are we going to have enough? When does the money run out? What's the Monte Carlo probability of success? Right, all these things helping people understand that yes, I do have enough, mm -hmm. and if I keep doing what I'm doing, I will, I will be on the the right path. Or if I'm not, I have to change this, this, and this, and then I'll be okay. That's what I love to do more than anything. Mm -hmm. You know, the investments, right? We help obviously with the investments as well, uh, and they are one piece of the big plan. Mm -hmm. but we want to help you with that whole plan, and that's really what I think is the common denominator with all the people who eventually end up here in this RIA world. Yeah, that, that seems to me to be um, a big deal, right? I, I'm picturing 20 years ago, you know, the wirehouses and companies like this being very product-driven and, and buying, you yeah, know, buying the hottest fund or buying the best <laughs> Product of the month. Buying, yeah, right? And not, you know, it all works out in the end, right? As long as I get you this, the best stock going, right? And in reality, we know that that's not uh, a good model. Yeah, I like to I like to say that we don't sell any products. We just sell ourselves as a partner, you know, as one of your strategic partners and as a coach that's in your corner. And you know, we're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. We're just going to be here for you. Yeah, that's great. It's been really interesting, I think, to see to see this twenty year uh, evolution, and you got to see so much of it firsthand. So many uh, 
Interesting markets. Starting starting to feel old. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But starting with the tech bubble, you know, going all the way through 08 and what we've seen here recently. I mean, there's a lot of uh, experience you've gained in a 20-year period. Yeah, and you know, you saw that 50-plus decline in 2002, 50-plus decline Mm -hmm. percentage-wise 08, 09, and now we had 35%, you know, hopefully that's it. Yeah, for the virus, and each time, you know, like very painful, right? For me mm-hmm. as well. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, but I do feel, you know, a, a little bit more wise mm-hmm. <laughs> as a result. But a wise man always knows that there's always more to learn, right? <laughs> so I, I can say that been through the third one now here, or, or I'm sorry, maybe still in the third one, mm-hmm. but having those two to reflect on about how. I felt about how clients felt and respond and react to different things and and reading so much from smart people mm-hmm. right and understanding and and be forward thinking like what could happen next let's not be surprised right um, and controlling how we respond because our behavior is really the only thing that we can control mm-hmm Right, so you just don't want to shoot yourself in the foot in a time like this. Yeah, but I think that experience is really valuable, being able to see and, and feel what it's like to go through a big drawdown in a, in a really in a bad market. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, you know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I mean, emotion is such a big driver when it comes to making investment decisions. So having that experience of understanding that emotion, I think, is uh, is huge. It's critical. Yeah, the emotions are powerful for sure. And this time, actually, it was quicker. Those other two ones were long drawn out, mm-hmm. and this one was at least so yeah, far. So far, it's been really quick. Yeah. The the mag, you know, the magnitude hasn't been as deep, but the velocity has been worse. Yeah. Different, you know, different storyline altogether too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Great. Well, you have any uh, parting thoughts for us? Any any? Uh, you kind of hinted at where they think the future's going. You I don't like know where the. Fe- I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any big but you twenty see, year predictions. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no. No. If every, I'll tell you what though, if, if every month was like the last month, I don't think I'd make it 20 more years. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I don't have any predictions over 20 years. You know, maybe uh, Alexa will have something to do with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll be my, uh, my prediction there. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you what, if you want a second opinion, mm-hmm. right, call us, look us up at peakwm.com. Yeah. And uh, you can even schedule an appointment online. And, uh, we can put some of this experience to work for you. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, uh, thanks, Nick, for sharing, uh, reminiscing with us a little Thank bit you. today. And, Thank uh, you for participating. Yeah. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.